the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever into the ages of all ages. Amen. So we're starting a new series called Listen. We're starting a new series today called Listen. As we are entering into the days of the Holy Spirit, as we're fasting the fast of the apostles, and we're learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit, we thought it was would be very appropriate that during this time we would talk about how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives, how to hear God speaking to us. So this week um, we're talking about seeing the heart of the matter. And today's talk is titled, Seeing the Heart of the Matter, Don't Miss the Point. I, I want to, to, to offer you a, a proposition that the things we value the most the value that we see in things is not that which we can see with our eyes. So, very literally, what you, what you value is not what you see with your eyes, but something which is hidden deeper within. I need, I need a volunteer. Anybody? Big hand of applause for Yusuf. Come on up. Yusuf, for volunteering, you get to choose whether you want a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Okay, how are you going to know which one is coffee and which one is tea? To stand outside of smelling distance for him, right? How are you going to know which one is coffee and which one is tea? By looking at them, which one do you think is coffee, which one do you think is tea? So, how are you, how are you going to choose which one you're going to... You, how are you choosing which one to... Starbucks sells tea. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I did for like three or four years of university when I didn't drink coffee. Then I came over to the dark side. <laughs> so, final pick. Which one do you pick? Okay, Starbucks it is, and the cup was empty, right? But what he would value would be something inside. This one happened to have a $5 bill. They're both empty, seeing as it would be really mean to tease you with coffee and tea that you're all longing for, and, and we don't, typically don't drink coffee and tea in church, so you can have the one with the $5 bill. But there you go. Point is, is that nobody, thank, big hand of applause for Yusuf, big hand of applause for Yusuf, right? Big, the point is nobody values the cup, right? The cup is a container, it's a receptacle. It's gonna keep what you value is inside it, but what you can see with your naked eye, what you can see is a cup and a lid, and all of this, the, 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 what, what's the destiny of this cup? You know, hopefully like recycling, you know, or the landfill. but. The destiny of this cup, where is it going? Where is its, the word we would use theologically is, where is its fulfillment? When it, when it arrives at its fullest potential, all of creation, God is driving all of creation, including you and me, towards our highest and fullest potential. When this cup reaches its fullest potential, it's going to be where? In, in the recycling, or in a landfill, or, or something right? That's what our eyes see. St. Paul says, 
St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are unseen can be eternal. Think about that for a second, okay? What is it that your eye can see that is eternal, that has eternal value? You're going to say, well, when I see a whole bunch of people around me, they all have souls and their souls have eternal value. Yes, but I'm saying your eye can only see the outer shape, the outer form, right? What I'm talking about today is that if we want to hear the voice of God, we have to start listening for that which God values. God, when, 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 when Samuel goes to choose David as king, when Samuel goes to choose a new king, pardon me, because Saul had kind of gone off the rails, right? He goes and God tells him, go to Jesse's house, offer a sacrifice, invite Jesse's family, and one of his sons, you will choose him. So he, so he says, he looks at the tallest one, the broadest one, the biggest one, and, and God says, no, not this one. Okay, the next one, the really smart one, the really fast one, the really, no, not this one, not this one, not this one. He says to Jesse, are these all your sons? Jesse says, yeah, these are all my sons. He says, no, no, wait, wait, there's one more who's out in the fields. He goes, okay, bring him, the smallest one, the shortest one. And God says something to Samuel in his heart that, each, that we are continuing to quote even until this day. God does not see as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God does not see the outer shape. So when God speaks to you, remember, this is a series about how to hear the voice of God. But when God speaks to you, if, 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 if all you and I look at is the outward form, you're waiting for God to tell you left or right when God is telling you up or down. You're waiting for God to tell you red or blue when God is telling you hot or cold. You're waiting to, 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 for, for, for information. You're waiting for a cue. You're waiting to hear from God about something related to the outward appearance when God is speaking to you about what's inside. And so naturally, you either don't hear it because... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking him, Starbucks or plain white cup? Starbucks or plain white cup? Which one do I pick, right? And he's telling you coffee or tea. He's telling you about what's inside. So then you say, I can't hear God. No, you can hear him loud and clear. You, you think he's static. You think he's static. You can hear him loud and clear. But he's speaking to you about the heart of the matter. And the... the, the the issue here is because has become that we have become materialistic people. I don't mean greedy. I don't mean I want another pair of shoes. I want another gadget. I want another. I, I want another watch. I had brought some some of my daughter's jewelry and little jewelry cases. I was gonna ask you to to choose which ones based on the case. Same thing. Same idea, right? You can't choose based on the case. You need to choose about based on what's inside, right? I'm talking about materialism in the most, in the most literal sense, is, is looking to the outer appearance of things and valuing the outer appearance of things. God has a word. We think that God is silent and he only speaks up when it's really important. I want to tell you that this couldn't be further from the truth. God is so chatty. God has an opinion about everything. 
everything. But his opinion is about what's inside, right? And he is looking to each thing and he is calling it by its name, by its name. But its name is coffee. Its name is tea, not plain cup or Starbucks cup. And so when he tells Adam, Adam is created in his image and likeness, right? And he tells Adam, name the animals, call them by their names. And so he calls lion and the lion comes and he calls tiger and the tiger comes. He names them. He gives them by speaking, Adam, by speaking to the animals, he gives them a name. What is the name? The name is not just, it's not just a title. It's not just a label. It's, it's a purpose. It's a function. You know what it is? It's a destiny. Or the theological word would use, it's a fulfillment. God gives to Adam. Look at the dignity that God gave humanity. God gives to Adam to give a destiny to each of these creations that God made. What should this be? What should it be? You decide, Adam. This, he should be the lion. Of, he should be the, the king of the jungle. He should be the fastest animal. She should be this. He should be that. And Adam names them. When he calls them by name, he gives them a fulfillment. He gives them a purpose. Where did Adam get this authority? Where did he get this dominion? He got it from God. So God, when he speaks to you, when he speaks a word, he is, he is giving the same thing. He's giving, he's speaking to you about destiny. He's speaking to you about fulfillment. You're asking him, should I take this job or should I take this job? Should I marry this person or should I marry that person? Should I do this or should I do that? God is talking to you about eternity, eternity. But we're looking at the outer shape. And because we're listening for advice, guidance about just what's at our feet, just what's temporary, just the outer shape. We think we don't hear him, but you hear him. He's just not talking to you about what you're expecting to hear. The word which God speaks gives life and gives destiny. The word, the word, the logos that, 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 is, that God speaks, when it gets distorted, when it gets twisted, when it gets trans transformed in a not good way, it becomes not logos, it becomes the Greek word for it that the desert fathers kind of coined for it, logismoi. Logismoi, it's, it's the word logos, but it's twisted. And the energy and the power of God becomes a passion becomes a passion, becomes anger, becomes lust, becomes covetousness, becomes greed and love of money, becomes, 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 right? We want to go back to the Logos. We want to go back to the Word of God. We want to hear the Word of God that He's speaking, the deep value in everything that He's speaking. Jesus tells us, like he tells us when he's preaching in, in the Sermon on the Mount and he's preaching about worry, when he's preaching about worry, he says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat and what you will drink and what you will wear, what you put on your body. For is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? We're not talking here theology, okay? We're not talking, this isn't a sermon, okay? We're just talking common sense here. 
Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing, Jesus says? What's more important, the clothing that you wear or the person who's wearing the clothing? The word is not life more. The word more, the Greek is more, isn't it superior? Isn't it more excellent? Of course it is. Of course it is. Any, uh, any Disney movie fans here, right? Um, in Beauty and the Beast, right? The, 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 the very beginning in the prologue, there's this prince who's very selfish and he lives in a castle and, you know, he's, he's mean to everybody. And this uh, old widow woman comes and knocks at the door and it's stormy outside and it's raining and she says, can I stay in your castle for a night? And he says, what, what are you going to pay? You know, what are you going to pay to stay in my castle? And she says, all I have is this rose. And he sneers at the rose. He says, oh, what rose, right? And he's coming to slam the door shut on her and she turns into this beautiful enchantress and she curses him, right? Because he couldn't see he couldn't see beyond the outward appearance, right? And she tra transforms him into a beast. And she says that, you know, what, he'll, he'll only get transformed back into a prince when he learns to love and somebody learns to love him. Somebody learns to see past the outer appearance, to see that he is actually, and it's actually very much... A, you know, it's very much a salvific story. It's very much a, like, you know, a story with a savior, a savior, Christ, right? Who sees past our distorted image, right? And loves, and loves us who have become beyond love, unable to be loved or to love because of our selfishness. And he sees through us and he reteaches us how to love again. The beauty is Christ, the beast is course, me and you, right? The issue is that we're not, you're not bad people. I'm not a bad person, right? We just, we just get so caught up in our circumstances. The definition of the word circumstance is a fact or condition connected with or relevant to an event or action. The key word there is relevant. It's a fact or condition which is connected to or relevant to an event or action. Once that event or action has passed, the fact or condition is no longer relevant. So I'm so caught up in my circumstances. Man, I got a really big decision to make. God, I really need you to help me, please, and so on, right? And I want to know what to do in this situation. The moment the situation passes, all of those prayers, all of that, is worth nothing, is worth nothing. I want to tell you, I don't know how many exams I did in my life, you know, I did 15 years of post-secondary education, right? Some of you have done more. You know, how many exams have you done? How many tests, how many quizzes have you done? I don't know. Probably it's upwards of a thousand, literally, right? How many of them do you remember? How much did you stress over them? I'll tell you, I remember a handful. I remember a handful, probably about four or five, and all of them were ones where God did miracles. God did miracles. I most certainly should not have passed those exams, but I did. One of my friends would always make fun of me and say, man, you are going to be the worst doctor in the world, because you walk out of every exam saying, man, I should have failed that, but God helped me with it. <laughs> Uh, 
The issue with only seeing the outside of things is that we're, we're missing the point. We're missing the point. We're so caught up in something which is not the biggest bang for our buck, right? We're, it's, it's the opportunity cost. The book of Proverbs says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This is from Proverbs 31, the chapter about the virtuous woman. Do you remember, maybe you, maybe you know the story, maybe you don't, um, there was a wonderful, wonderful desert father in the fourth century named, named Abba Pishoy. He used to pray for three weeks straight. He would tie his beard to the roof of his cave. You can go to Egypt now and you can see his cave and you can see where he used to tie his beard to the roof of his cave so that if he would head bob, you know, it would, it would yank his beard and he would be forced to look back up how much he loved and desired to be in prayer all the time. The Lord Jesus Christ appeared to St. Peshoy and told him, you know, in, I can't remember the timeline, tomorrow or in a few days, I'm going to appear on the mountain to you and all the monks. I'm going to appear on the mountain to you and all the monks. So St. Peshoy told, Abba Peshoy told the other monks, and on the, 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 the day, that it was the designated day, all the monks are running up the hill, they're running up the mountain to go see where the Lord Jesus Christ will appear. Everybody wants front row seats. And there's a little elderly man along the way, and he's asking the monks to help him. And monks like, are, are, tend to be very charitable people. And so they each turn to him, and they're like, look, man, not today. Like, any other day I would help you, but today I really got to get up to the top. I really can't let anything slow me down. I really can't anything hold me back, right? And each one zips by the little old man. Finally, Abba Pshoi, who who's is himself elderly, is going up the hill and he sees the little old man and the little old man says, I'm tired and I'm trying to go up the hill, but I can't. Can you help me? And Abba Pshoi says, sure, I'll help you. So he helps him for a bit and then the old man says, I can't go anymore. Can you carry me? Abba Pshoi says, okay, I'll carry you. So he puts him on on his back and he starts carrying him up the hill and as he goes up the hill the little old man who was very frail and little very little was very light at the beginning but as he's going up he's getting heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier and at a certain point Abba Peshoy who is himself elderly turns to the, turns to the old man and says I, I, I can't I can't carry on you're too you're you're too heavy for me I can't carry on but I will sit and stay with you here if you can't go further I will stay with you. And he lets, And as he's letting him down, he sees the print of the nails in his hand, and he sees the print of, of the nails in his feet, and he sees that this is the Lord Jesus Christ. True to his promise, he appeared to all the monks on the hill. Not at the top, though, at the bottom. They couldn't see past the outward appearance. They missed it. They missed it. I'm not here to, 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 to wag my finger at the monks. What about you? What about me? How many times do I walk right by the Lord Jesus Christ? How many times do I walk right by opportunity, but I miss it because all I'm looking at is the outward appearance. God is calling you and he's calling me today, me with you, both of us, to start asking God as we go through our day, 
Lord, this is the question, okay? Lord, why? Why this? What's the fulfillment of this? What's the deeper meaning of this? If you want to look at it from a more theological perspective, Lord, what's your logos? What's your word on this? What's your opinion on this? What is this for? It's for something. Nothing comes from nowhere. Everything comes from somewhere. God has a purpose and a plan. And everything, everything that his hand touches comes to life. Everything he speaks about comes to life and all of a sudden has a destiny and has a fulfillment. Lord, what's your word on this? We need, to, we need the purpose of today is just to start a shift in mentality that it's not, it's not about what your eyes can see. Literally, what your eyes can see is all going to burn. It's all going to burn. It's all about something deeper. The people that you love, if they put on a few pounds or they lose a few pounds, does it really matter? If they go, go down south and they get tanned, or if they, you know, stay indoors and they're like, you know, like white as a snowflake, does it really matter? Is that what you really love about that person? No. It's something that your eye can't see. It's something that your eye can't see. But all of us, we are so misled by the, for, allow me to use the word, will you allow me, the illusions that we see. We, we're seeing illusions, smoke and mirrors. What our eyes are seeing is deceiving us. I was going to do a magic trick. I was going to do the, 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 the ball and cup magic trick. We can do it later, right? You know, to, as just, again, an illustration, you know, it's all illusion. It's all illusion, right? Then I thought to myself, oh, no, a priest doing magic. I don't know, you know, might get myself in trouble. You know, it wouldn't be the first time, but anyhow, right? Jesus, when he's tempted to turn the stones into bread, his answer is, away with you, Satan. Away with you. The first step is for us to say, to say, away with you, Satan. I will not be deceived by this outward appearance. The second step is to pray. We've printed a little prayer for you, um, and uh, who's, some, some of the deacons have it. They're going to hand it out to you. In my, in my early 20s, late teens, early 20s, I remember reading this passage in Colossians and thinking to myself, wow, if somebody asked me to rewrite the Igbeya, I would put this as the Pauline, I would put this as the Pauline prayer in, in, in the Igbeya. Nobody asked me to rewrite the church's prayer books, but I printed it anyways, actually scribbled it on a little piece of paper, and I stuck it in my prayer book. And after the designated prayer uh, in, in, in the morning prayer from, from Ephesians chapter 4, I would pray this prayer. We've taken the liberty to change the pronouns to personalize it, right? St. Paul is praying this for the Colossian church. He's saying, I pray without ceasing that you would be granted to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Okay, so but we change the pronouns so that you can take this and put it on your bedside. I challenge you, how many people here, how many people here, okay, I'm guilty of this as well, although I keep saying I'm not going to do it, I still do it. How many people here charge their phone by their bedside? 
quick show of hands. Okay, most unhealthy thing in the world to do, I do it, right? Because the first thing in the morning, what do you see? All those notifications, right? And they, anyways, this isn't what we're talking about. I challenge you, charge your phone by your bedside. Fine, okay? Talk, talk, topic for another day. But take this prayer and place it on top of your phone. So when your alarm rings on your phone in the morning and you're reaching to snooze the alarm, the first thing that your hand touches when you wake up will be this prayer. I challenge you. Why don't we do it? You and me. Okay? You and me, we're going we're gonna to put your phone to charge or wh wherever and put this. If you're one of the healthier people that has committed to not charging your phone in your bedroom and charge it somewhere else, um, um, then why don't you put this in the first, the first thing you're going to see in the morning. And why don't we pray together every morning this coming week, just this coming week, okay? It's not a lifetime commitment, just this coming week. You and me, why don't we pray this prayer and say, Lord, grant that I may be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that I might, might walk worthy of you, Lord, fully pleasing you, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of you, O God strengthened with all might according to your glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to you, O Father, who has qualified me to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in the light. I mean, we're not going to do a Bible study on this right now, but these words, wow, you know, wow. God has qualified you to be an inheritor of the kingdom of heaven with all the saints in the light. Wow. Such rich words that can be your prayer. And every morning we can say, Lord, fill me with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding, not carnal understanding. There's a body, and inside the body, the body is a vehicle, you know, it's a, 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 a movement the apparatus, you know, of what? Of a spirit that's inside. Of a spirit that's inside. My spirit, my soul indwell my body, and God has given me this, 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 this body that can move and that can do things so that I can carry this spirit to others, right? And carry it on out into the world. Let's pray this prayer, you and I, and ask God to, to, to help us, to fill us, with wisdom and spiritual understanding and, and allow us to see past the outward appearance. The next thing which really helps us to shift our gaze from the out, outer appearance to the deeper meaning of things is worship, is worship. Find some way which is suitable for you to worship God. I want to tell you every day. I want to tell you every day. In um, the, the prayers of the church are all available on a free app called uh, Coptic Reader, you know. And uh, on Coptic Reader, you'll find the psalmody. And in the psalmody, you'll find all kinds of different prayers and praises. You don't need to know them off by heart. You don't need to know the tunes to be able to sing them. All of that is good and fine and wonderful. But you can pick every day has a psalmody. If towards the, 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 the sort of the, the halfway through, every, every, every day has a psali. Psali is spelled P-S-A-L-I, 
right? And you can look up the psali of the day. Today's Sunday, the Sunday psali, right? And it says, I sought after you from the depths of my heart. My Lord Jesus, help me. Loosen for me all the bonds of sin. My Lord Jesus Christ, help me. Be a help to me so that you may save me. My Lord Jesus, help me. And so on. It's beautiful. The words of it are just beautiful. And every day is different so you don't get bored, right? Find some way to worship God. Worship is when we declare God's worth to him. Worship is when we pray to God, but it's about God. It's not necessarily about us. The last thing um, I want to share with you is um, the last thing that really helps us to turn our way, eyes away from the material and look at the deeper meaning of things is serving and loving those who are less fortunate than us in a very real and practical way. Next time you're walking downtown and somebody is, 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 is panhandling, you know, you're all very kind and loving people and you put your hand in your pocket and you find them a toonie or something and you give them the toonie or what it may, whatever it may be. Before you, before, you, before you give, stop, pause, even if you don't have any change in your pocket, stop, pause, look at the person, ask him his name, ask him where he's from, ask him if he's here often, tell him I, I, I walk by here all the time, I've never seen you here before. Take interest. When we start to see, to look and pause, the, 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 the poor are so wonderful in that they are truth-sayers. <laughs> A little embarrassing, but um, share this last story with you and then we'll conclude. When we were having our first child, we were still serving uh, dinner on Sunday nights at St. John the Compassionate. And uh, my wife Mary used to come and serve with us. Um, and uh, you know, she got like, you know, she's pregnant and she got more and more pregnant, more and more pregnant, more and more pregnant. And then one Sunday, Mary wasn't there, right? And so those people said, where's Mary? I said, oh, we had our baby on whatever the previous week, something like that. So they're like, they turned, at that time I was like 50, 60 pounds heavier than I am now, right? So the person sitting there says, oh, congratulations. And when are you going to have yours, right? The poor are honest. They just say it to you as it is. They got nothing to lose. They got nothing to lose. They just say it to you as it is, right? Sometimes we need that. We were doing a spiritual day related to our ministry um, at St. John the Compassionate, and so we had put a, a, a sign on the door. We put a sign on the door that said, no dinner today right? But we left the door open so that the servants could come in so we could do our spiritual day. We decided to do the spiritual day in the place and at the same time as the service because sometimes when we do it in a different place or whatever, the servants say, I can't come, I can't make it to that location, I'm not free at that time. But everybody who serves in this service is available at this time and in this place because they know how to get here because that's how they serve there. So we were doing the spiritual day. We had put the sign up and we had, had, we had made some dinner for the servants and somebody was giving a talk, I was giving a talk, somebody was giving a talk. Um, and uh, this, this woman walks in through the front door. And she's just, she's 
was probably slightly inebriated. Anyhow, she's just shouting, I want some dinner, I want some dinner, and so on. And we, so we brought her a little plate, and she sat at a table, and she's eating her dinner. Then she starts shouting, I need a coat. It was in February. I need a coat. I'm freezing. I, I don't want to go back out there. I need a coat. And I noticed one of our servants went into the chapel, and I thought to myself, oh, maybe this lady upset her or something. Anyways, the lady kept shouting, I want a coat, I want a coat. We didn't have, like, I didn't have anything to give her. So I told her, like, we have like a, a system set in place for that. We, we, we have, we're partnered with a thrift store, and we told her, look, you know, tomorrow, first thing Monday morning, go to this thrift store, you know, give them my name, give them my phone number, and you can pick whatever coat you want. The church will pick up the cost, blah, blah, blah. So she's like, no, I want it now. I need it now. I want it now. I'm cold. I'm this and that, right? Anyways, she left. Finally, she left, and it was quite a disturbance, but it passed. In any event, the following Sunday, who shows up? The coat lady, right? Shows up, um, and uh, she's wearing a coat, so it's good. Like, she didn't freeze to death. That's a very good thing. Um, and uh, I see the same servant who had rushed into the chapel. The moment this woman walks in through the front door, she rushes into the chapel again. And so I was like, what's going on here, right? And I go into the chapel and I see the servant like bawling her eyes out. So I asked her, uh, what's wrong? And she says to me, it's fine, Abuna, don't worry about it. And I tell her, no, how about you tell me what's wrong, what's going on? She says to me, uh, when that lady came last week and she was asking for a coat, that's the same lady, right? I said, yeah. She said she... She was asking for a coat, and you said, I don't have a coat to give you. But just that day, I had like ordered a coat, and I picked it up between like church in the morning and, and service in the afternoon. So I was wearing a coat, and I went to the store, and the, the, or the coat that I had ordered had arrived, and so I picked it up. So I had two coats, but they were both like very, very expensive coats right? Full length, very nice coats, right? And she said, I just didn't want to give it to her. That's why I ran into the chapel during the spiritual day. I just didn't, I just didn't want to give it to her. And all week she said, I came home that night and I stood to pray. And when I stood to pray, all I could hear was like, almost like Christ was interrupting me. And you know how Jesus on the cross says, I thirst Abuna? I said, yeah. He said, I wasn't saying, I thirst. He was saying, I'm cold. I'm cold. I'm out in the cold right now. I'm cold. And all I could do was weep. All I could do was weep. That my greediness has left Christ out in the cold. And all I could do was weep. And all week, Abuna, I would try to pray, and all I could hear is God saying, I'm cold. And I told her, well, the good news is Jesus might be cold, but the woman isn't, right? She got a coat, right? We all live happily ever after. And she turned to me, and she was still tears streaming down. She said, no, Abuna, no, Abuna. The problem isn't Jesus, and the problem isn't February in Canada. 
and a, a woman who's cold, the pro- problem is my heart. It's so hard. That's so hard that I can't give up something that I have two of anyways. That's the problem. So the moral of the story here is another therapy is the poor. The poor, the poor cure me of my materialism. They cure me of my materialism. And you might be like, hey, Buna, but like I'm poor. <laughs> right? There's always somebody who's poorer than you. Don't worry. There's always somebody who's more in need than you. Go. Spend time with them. Let them be the person who turns your eyes to the deeper meaning of things. Because God is speaking to you. He's speaking about the heart of the matter. And he doesn't want you to miss it. Because if you miss it today, and you miss it tomorrow, and you miss it the day after, one day you and I are going to look back and feel like we missed out on the point. Not of this circumstance or that circumstance, but we missed the point of our lives. Glory be to God forever and ever.